We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I will be holding it down again. I know this isn't supposed to be a solo show, but it's been either me or Nick for almost two weeks now. But travel season, the weather's been so great, we figured we'd get out. Nick was out at the, the meet and greet in Colorado and will be traveling back to his home in Seattle uh, over the next 24 hours or so. So he will be back tomorrow to, to join us. Uh, I was unable to go, so that means I can be here with y'all today. So um, otherwise, we wouldn't have had a show. So you win some, you lose some. So however you might see that one, you get me today. So victory Monday, Denver Broncos pulled out a win over the Green Bay Packers. And in doing so, um, there was a lot of good to take away from that one. One of them was they had lost 10 straight when leading at halftime. That's insane. I think they said NFL record, 10 straight losses when leading at halftime. Broke that streak they were leading and won. But more importantly for me is the team found a way to win after falling behind. So you're leading at halftime. You fall behind 17 to 16. Here we go again. There's that sense of, we talk about culture all the time. And sometimes momentum can be, play to play. It can be quarter to quarter. It can be week to beat. It can be year to year. When you're in a season like this, where everything seems to be going wrong, seems to be going against you, that here we go again feeling is a powerful detractor, demotivator. Uh, it's, it's how bad teams find ways to lose. This team came back and won. I don't care if it was against the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers aren't a great team. That's okay. Denver Broncos haven't been a great team. In order to be a better team, you got to beat the bad teams. What, you're supposed to lose to them? Well, it was just the Green Bay Packers. Well, right now, you're one in five. You're just the Denver Broncos. How do you stop being one of those teams? You win games. You win games like this. So that was one of my big takeaways. Um, want to hear some of y'all's. Um, I want to uh, say hello. We go live on these because we love the interaction on the comments. Let me bring up uh, the big Facebook group too, because I want to make sure I don't miss any of those. But going solo, it won't be possible for me to see all of the comments uh, coming in today because there's, frankly, there's there's a lot of them. Y'all are y'all are busy in here. Um, David Yunkin comes in. He says, uh, I'm glad they won, but I'm still not impressed with the quality of the team. They don't have a true leader to put them in check. So I don't see them winning maybe, but one more game. 
this season. Um, I understand that sentiment, and but, but you look at it though, and you know what was the big concern coming into the last two weeks? Well, the defense. The defense was a huge concern. Um, the defense has played pretty well here over the last uh, last couple of weeks. You lose, um, you know, they didn't play great at times against the Jets, but they did play very well against the Chiefs. Frankly, they played very well against the Packers. That's back-to-back weeks when you have played well. The offense has had its moments um, of, of some really good and then some, okay, not so good. But I feel like the bad moments from the different phases of the game are becoming fewer and fewer. Instead of, okay, how are we going to lose this one? How are we? How can we win this game? How can we stay in this game? At times, it felt like the Kansas City Chiefs were really comfortable, but they, in that win, it's like oh, it was a one-score game for a long time, but it never felt like we were really in it as Denver Broncos. I think it's it's closer. This team is getting improving. They're not good, but they're improving. That's a start, man. That's a start. Um, Jeremy Sean says, if there's a will this way, good morning, Scott. Uh, glad all the other bad teams won. We had a great time. They together. We were missed yesterday. Yeah, I missed y'all too. Um, I'm sorry I did not get to see you. Um, it was, uh, I needed to be here this weekend for, for one of those, um, just one of those things that popped up. I had planned on coming all along, um, but didn't get to make it. And uh, yeah, how about that for redemption? Will Lutz was great. Um, you know, he was, he was clutch. Lutz was clutch. Um, and I think you've got to give credit to Sean Payton for some of these things. We always want to be very knee-jerk and reactionary. Uh, you know, fire Vance Joseph. And, and I'm not saying he's going to last. And I'm not saying I wasn't one of those saying I'm surprised. I was. But the defense has improved. It absolutely has improved. Van, he didn't yank the rug out from under the kicker. Um I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Maher had a big miss for the Rams yesterday as well. Um, and Lutz came in clutch. That was sticking by your guys. You, you've got to be a little bit more even-keeled than us fans slash fanatics. If you're going to stay the course and man management, like I've said before, you know, one of the reasons you keep some of these guys is because you don't want people looking over their shoulders all the time. You know, if I make a mistake, I'm going to be gone too, then I'm scared to make a play. Um I give credit to Sean Payton, um, Payton for this. Uh, Lawrence comes in. Good to see you, Lawrence. You know, after all these years of sucking, my son has never seen a winning season, and he's probably their biggest fan, but I'm appreciative uh, that they were able to get that win for his birthday today. Well, happy birthday, little man. I know uh, that probably meant a lot to him, and uh, I think the Denver Broncos meet and greet for Mile High Huddle is now 3-0. and Why aren't we doing this every week, man? Come on. Let's get serious here. Uh, snarky user say, um, appreciate the super chat coming in, uh, breaking the ice for us on a Monday says Javante telling Melanie Collins that he was mentoring Jaleel McLaughlin to be professional. Like Mel Gordon did for him was just about enough to make me sick. Um, I don't know that that's the right way to put it, so to speak. I mean, you don't necessarily have great feelings of, of, uh, Melvin Gordon, but if he helped Javante Williams become a better player than thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're gone, but, but thank you for that. Um, and Javante Williams faced some huge obstacles to be out there. And frankly, Javante Williams looked fantastic. That's as good as we've seen 
Javante Williams look since he hurt his knee, which has been, you know, a little over a year. And he looks to, if he's not back to 100%, it's awfully damn close. There were times, you know, where I would just see the movement and I'd be like, okay, who's it running back? Cause I just, I wasn't positive. You know, just the way that he would go, he'd go right tackle, plant a foot, come back, you know, bring it back inside of the left. He hasn't been doing that. He doesn't have that. You know who has that kind of movement? It's Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, and then once he breaks into the second level, it's just diabolical to watch these linebackers and defensive backs try and tackle him. It's and it's a lot of fun. The running game was really good. The running backs all played well. Jaleel McLaughlin um, had his moments. How about a second and 31, and he picks up about 25 yards on a draw? Thank you. Um Samaj P. Ryan in the passing game, running the ball, running hard, breaking tackles, and then Javante Williams. So very good rotation, and um, you know, hopefully keeps those guys healthy, and um, you know helps the offensive line establish some rhythm as well. Because it's a lot easier to pass block when you've got the threat of the running game. Just listen, if those guys can pin their ears back, a good offensive lineman is going to have his hands full. A struggling offensive line is going to be in a lot of trouble. If I can get them just a half a step back when I've got them thinking about the run and that I'm plowing into them, and, and if I don't, you're going to have to tackle this tank or try and catch this jitterbug, um, it's it's really good. It helps it helps the, uh, the entire offense. Uh, appreciate you, snarky user, coming in. Um, let me see here. Kevin Gray coming in here. Uh, he says, Warren Scott, big mile high salute to Broncos country. Disappointed that y'all didn't stream the meet and greet. Um, there are a few times that two and five were tied with, including the chargers. Yeah. The meet and greet it's, I'm not sure how much you try and stream, you know, having been to one, you're trying to play host as well, you know, say hello to everybody and meet everybody. And that becomes a little hard while you're also hosting a show and hosting a live stream. Plus you have to do it off of cellular out in the parking lot, which I don't necessarily trust to try and do. So I understand, um, I understand why they they don't do that. It's a little bit of a distraction, and it's uh it's the the logistics and technology behind it are a little tough. Kevin, listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Let me see. I want to scroll down here a little bit. Um, talking about the records right now, uh, you look at Tankathon right now, the the draft order says Carolina at 0-6 going to the Bears. Arizona has climbed up into the number two spot. Chicago Bears at 2-5 and five, uh, are at the number three spot. And the Denver Broncos, number four, um, at 2-5 and five as well. I think at the end of the season, the tiebreakers are going to work against you if you're the Denver Broncos. The tiebreaker becomes your strength of schedule. The Denver Broncos have a really tough strength of schedule. <laughs> unless the Raiders and Chargers don't ever win any more games. Um, I think we're all pretty surprised. The Chargers are two and four. Um, at least that's what this says. So they, they must have had a bye, but they're two and four. Um, and the Raiders, good gracious, you know, they they got whipped by the Bears and looked bad at doing it. Um, I don't know about y'all. You get tailored feeds on Twix and everything. So they it's kind of an echo chamber. They show you what you want to see. So if you've been clicking on the Broncos, you look over in trending and it says a lot of Bronco stuff, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, those are your trending topics. And then they'll throw in a national one. For me, what was trending was McDumbass. And I knew exactly who that was and what that was going to mean. So uh, the Raiders, I mean, who, who could have seen this coming? He's been such a wild success. I know um, – Denver Broncos fans are enjoying a little uh, Schadenfreude on the uh, on the on the Josh McDaniels and Raiders thing, but can't enjoy it as much unless you beat them and you get your your final chance. The last game of the year, January seventh, uh, in Las Vegas. God, I want to say Oakland every single time I, I do that. Um, let me see here. We got uh, we got several stars coming in as well. Let me scroll down to the Facebook crew. That we came in. Michael Ronquillo, appreciate you coming in. He says, good morning, Scott. Uh, on Broncos for breakfast. Good to be here. It is absolutely good to be here. Um, and let me see. Mark Schrader coming in on Facebook as well. He says, good morning, Scott. I feel Javante Williams look great. I hope they use him even more. Yeah, you want to ease him in to a certain extent. And the thing about it is, though, you're going to want to say the same thing about Jaleel McLaughlin. Like, Man, I want to see him use more. That, these are good problems to have. And then, okay, well... We get we get uh, Samaje Pirine out in the open field, and he's breaking tackles and doing well. All good problems to have. Uh, Brandon Williams coming in with some stars as well. Um, he says, uh, "I may be in the minority, but I think we may be better at safety without Kareem Jackson from an athletics uh, side of it." Um, I think so too. I mean, you wanted Caden Stearns there, but you can't really count on Caden Stearns. You, in this offseason, you're going to go have to get a safety. 
you're gonna have to use a, a nice resource on one, whether it's a, a day two pick or several million dollars, go get a five, $6 million safety instead of the two that you've been spending on Kareem the last couple of years, but get somebody reliable in there. Um, and there's some discussion and I don't know where y'all fall on this with the, the play on, on, you know, he's the Kareem Jackson play. I, I described it as, I don't know what y'all called it when you were kids, but when you dive into the diving off the diving board, do they even have diving boards anymore because of the lawyers and insurance companies? And you put your arms to the side and you dive in like a torpedo. We called those a sailor dive and you weren't allowed to do them at pools because break your damn neck. That's how he goes into tackles. He, 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 his arms are to his side. He ducks his head and he, he just tries to torpedo guys. One that's incredibly dangerous for both players, but two, it's bad tackling, but three, you're going to get called on that. If you hit anywhere above the shoulders, it's, it's textbook. What they write in college is targeting. So he's sailor diving into all of these things. He's not leading. He's not looking like he's even trying to tackle. He's just trying to spear guys. I don't know if that's a product of him being so undersized, but it's going to get called all the time. So, well, the guy ducked down. Yeah, but he's still coming in with his head. It's it's almost used to a bad word there. It's crap form. It's dangerous for everybody. And it deserves to be punished. It deserves to be. And yes, would he normally get thrown out of the game? Maybe not. Is he going to get thrown out for being a repeat offender? Yeah, your reputation is going to follow you. And I, I look at a, a, a similar play, a helmet-to-helmet play that happened in, at the beginning of the second quarter. Um, I put it down in my notes because I knew what I was re-watching the game. And it was uh, Alex Singleton and Fabian Moreau. Let me come back to Fabian Moreau. Uh, Moreau kind of holds him up holds up the receiver on a little slip screen. It was kind of an out route. Moreau holds the guy up and Alex Singleton comes in and cleans the guy out. It was clearly helmet to helmet, but you know what? It was like face mask to helmet. Alex Singleton sees what he's hitting. He's attempting to reach and actually make a tackle. He wants to make a big hit. These guys still want to hit, but it was, it was a better form tackle. It was much safer for Alex. It was much safer for him. He didn't just come in diving like he's diving into a pile diving into the water with his arms on his side, leading with the top of his helmet. It's a helmet-to-helmet hit. Why didn't that one get called? Because it was a football play. It was So I think you're better off without Kareem Jackson, period. And you found out, you know, he gets himself thrown out of about every third game anyway. Something's got to change there. Um, It's one of the reasons this team's playing better is because you've gotten rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, maybe. You know, the guys are stepping up and knowing, listen, you know, these guys weren't very professional and that we're getting our chance and we, we've seen the accountability. Maybe that could be part of it. So I'm not going to miss Kareem Jackson. I appreciate that he plays hard, but he's reckless and unsafe. That's how I feel about it. And if that makes some people mad, uh, apologies, but that's how I feel about Kareem Jackson right now as a, uh, as a, a football player in the NFL. Mark uh, Lindemood, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott, and Broncos country. It is good to see you as well. Um, Miguel Santi Stevan coming in on, on, on Facebook with some stars. He says, good morning, Scott. Do you think this is a good stepping stone to finally get in complete game in all three phases? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, the, the offense looked better in spurts. 
uh, we can talk about bad calls. I think the worst call of the bunch was the first touchdown on the first drive that got called back on a Quinn Bailey hold. I was another one of those where I was like, wow, what a great block. Holding number 75. I'm like, what are you talking about? He took his guy to the ground because he went inside him and he pancaked him to the ground and you're calling that back for a hold? That's ridiculous. I thought the offense looked good in spurts. I feel like you've got a go-to receiver right now. Cortland Sutton is becoming that guy again where, hey, he's just throw it to him. He'll, he'll make a play. That's a good thing. Russell Wilson was doing a good job of protecting the ball, getting rid of it at times. I don't remember as many batted balls uh, as we've seen in the past. I've seen him, you know, throwing some sidearm stuff, doing some things that are a little more creative that we haven't seen from Russell Wilson. The running game gets going will help the pass protection. The defense, there was nowhere to go but up, but they are definitely playing better. Now, the concern I have on the defensive side of the ball, the pressure. There's, well, you just got rid of two edges. You know, what do you expect? Well, those guys weren't getting, Frank Clark wasn't playing and Randy Gregory was getting blocked too. If you're sending four guys, you're not getting to the quarterback. That has been, that will continue to be a problem. You can get away with that when you're playing the Jordan Loves of the world. You can get away with that when you're playing Zach Wilson. You thought you might be able to get away with it, Justin Fields, and you couldn't. He's playing pretty well. Um, you could get away with that against a first start from Jimmy Garoppolo, and you probably can do it against whoever the Raiders throw out there now with Brian Hoyer. You can't do that against Patrick Mahomes. Not that there is a way to stop him. You're not going to be able to do that against the Bills. You're not going to be able to do that against the Vikings. Um, and Kirk Cousins, you're not going to be able to do that with the Browns and Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Jared Goff, uh, all of those things. You've got to start being able to find ways to get pressure on these guys with hopefully somebody will step up. Baron Browning could be that guy who's a little jittery between McGlinchey flinching off uh, with his false starts and Baron Browning. I want to see those two line up and just forget snap counts because they don't pay attention to them anyway. I wonder what that looks like in practice when they're going against each other. Hey, gang, make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. You know how it is watching the Broncos. To say the least, you work up a bit of an appetite. But you can get ahead of that by ordering online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs plus all day Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Personally, I'm a big fan of Little Caesars plain cheese pizza, but my favorite for what it's worth is the pepperoni with stuffed crust. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Uh, U.S. Dave, thank you for the reminder. How about Fa uh, that Fabian Moreau? Fabian Moreau played great. Uh, I've given him plenty of shtick for how he was he played in the past when I watched him for a full season with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, his first plays with the Denver Broncos were bad. Uh, I said I was very surprised he was even on this team. Um, still, with with the the way he has played. Um, he played very well. I thought he was good in coverage, made some good tackles. He played a very, very good game. Um, I think you got to be pleased with the way he played and he's definitely played better than the way Damari Mathis had played on, on one of the cornerback spots. Um, you start looking at, uh, 
the different areas. Jaquan McMillian, I didn't see him too much, which is probably a good thing. Um, but I did see you're going to pick on Fabian Moreau if if you're an offensive coordinator in game planning. I thought he played very well. So props to Fabian Moreau for a, a, a solid game uh, yesterday against the Green Bay Packers. Um, let me see here. And Jimmy Smith says, uh, I really don't care about how hard our strength of schedule the rest of the season is. If you haven't noticed absolute parity uh, of the NFL, parity of the NFL, parity. Yeah, now you've got me confused. <laughs> I think it's parity. Um, but I'm not positive. I always have to Google that. Which one is it? Of the NFL this year, you aren't actually watching. Jimmy, I agree. That said, at the end of the day, the, the, the standings don't lie. You know, you'll you'll end up getting a team. You know, the, the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, but you look at the standings and, you know, the Buffalo Bills are four and three and the Patriots are two and five. So, yes, any given week, you can go out and beat a team that is quote unquote better than you. I, I agree. The better teams are going to win more games, you know, and, and, and that's the way the standings are going to be. So, but you, you look at it and, you know, there's some, there's some really surprising scores, um, this weekend, Bears and Raiders is not one. Uh, the Patriots beating the Bills, yes. The Giants beating the Commanders, probably. They were one and five going in. Uh, the Ravens hammering the Lions, there you go. That's one of those. These are two pretty good teams. And it should have been a close game, but one of them was ready to play at home. One of them wasn't. This one got ugly. Um, the Seahawks, I'm still not sure about the Seahawks, but they get a win against a bad Cardinals team. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers went the way we expected to, and I'm not surprised the Eagles and Dolphins. But every week there's going to be that Giants-Commanders game. There's going to be that the Patriots beating the Bills is pretty shocking to everybody. When the Patriots win three in a row, come talk to me. That That's when I'm, I start to get interested about the – when I start not thinking about strength of schedule because you could beat the Chiefs, but then you have the Bills. You know, if you beat those two in a row, we're, we're talking. Now, we've, now, we're, now we're sitting there at – what we're two and five, four and five. We're we're talking playoffs. You beat those two teams, so um, so we we'll we'll see on that. But yeah, it's the parity means that a team that should win isn't going to on a schedule of sixteen games every week, but uh, or you know fourteen, fifteen games every week. But typically, the better teams are. You know, I know big big statement here, Scott. The better teams are the table don't lie at the end of the season. Um. Made sure I said hi to uh, to Michael Ranquillo. I think we're caught up on the Super Chat side of things. Um, look at who's here today. Nick Kendall says, hello from Denver. Hopping on a plane soon. Shout out to Scott for holding down Broncos for breakfast. Sport while I was gone. Should be there constantly until a little guy is here in January. That's, that'll come faster than you expect. Nick, travel safe. Um, it was fun to see y'all together last night on the... Uh, if you didn't get to see everybody, it was Lance, Nick, Eric, and Chad on the uh, on the gut reaction last night. So hopefully you got a got a chance to say hello. Um, Aiden Davis says uh, good morning. Aiden says look nice to finally have have us run some man to man. Got the personnel for it, and like I said, I thought Fabian Rowe played a a very good game. Um, K Hop, good question, Scott. Can I get your assessment on the interior line specifically, Cush? Much better with with Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, much better, not good, but this is damning with faint praise. I know 
But I think he's worked his way up to just below average, which is a very big improvement to a complete li- from a complete liability. Uh, I keep an eye on the interior line and in, in the run sets. Uh, they're they're uh, they're holding their their point of attack much better. They're not just immediately in the uh, the Broncos backfield. I'm seeing more. My bigger concern right now would be McGlinchey on the right tackle getting beat inside, getting beat outside. He gets beat outside twice, and then he falls for a head fake, and he gets beat inside on the pass protection. Man, that's got to get better. Um, I would still be looking for an upgrade in the offseason on Cushenberry. Um, the 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 run blocking though I think is much better, and the the coaching, the communication between that unit is considerably better. It was mind boggling last year how easily teams could get through the middle of the the, uh, the offensive line with a stunt. Just the end coming around the backside of the defensive tackle and coming right up the middle untouched. You know, that's a I'm a, I'm a center. I block down on my defensive tackle as he is going out towards my offensive tackle. So let's say I'm the center or t- towards my guard. Double team that guy. And then I have to come off of him and shift back to the left as the guy comes around and stunts. That never happened. They would just follow along with the tackle who's taking the guard to the right side of the offensive line, leaving a huge gap in the middle, and it would never get picked up. It was it was astounding. The, the lack of communication slash coaching slash adjustments that I would get on a middle school team for. I, it was it was mind-blowing. Um much better though, much better. Um, Miners is, is is solid. You're, you're good there, and I like the way he, he's still one of the only guys that can get out onto the exterior running game slash screen game passing game for me. Kush is usually there late, can't do it. Powers, I'm not sure he's that guy. McGlinchey, I haven't seen them really try and do that. When they've had success running the screens, it's been a single that then they've started. We've seen it happen with McLaughlin couple of times, including a touchdown a few weeks ago, where uh, it's a screen and there's one lead blocker. Uh, Normally, you can have two or even three guys out there. The Broncos have given up on that. They've done it now with one guy, and it's Miners leading the charge, and it's been more successful. So I would still try and have a – I'd still look for an upgrade in the offseason at center. All right here. Um as Jeremy says, uh, the ejection almost cost us a game and also uh, won us the game. Step up PJ Locke. That was talking about Kareem Jackson going out and uh, and having PJ Locke step up in his place. And, and Ethan, good to see you. Uh, appreciate you joining me this morning. He says, uh, that's a good point, Jeremy. And I think it's time to make that change. I'm, I, was surpr- I was shocked he wasn't that Kareem Jackson wasn't suspended the last time. This one wasn't as bad as uh, who was that game against? It was Logan Tom? Was it the Cardinals? You remember, God, they all start running together. Commanders, not Cardinals. Commanders. Um, that one I thought he get suspended for. This wasn't a suspendable hit for me, um, but his priors contributed to him being ejected. We'll see. I mean, how many times do you get thrown out of a game? Um, you know, in other sports, those things start to stack. You get suspended for that type of thing. You, I mean, you get kicked out of a game. You usually get suspended. You do it again. You get suspended a little longer. You do it again. You get suspended even longer. So, uh, so we will, uh, we will see. We'll see on that one. Um, 
let me uh, let me scroll down here and say hello to some folks. Robot of Doom, sorry we didn't get to see you. Um, as he says, yeah, we still have diving boards. Got two one meter boards and a three meter. Good, because uh, in the suburbs they take a lot of the diving boards out because the insurance companies and the lawyers said so. Um, uh, all right, I'm, I'm into the part of the chat when we're having the the reactions. Um, on, on the Kareem Jackson. So I want to scroll down just a little bit more. He says, Scott, was this the most complete game put together by the Denver Broncos um, this season? Yeah, for sure. Because the win that you got against the Bears, that was a half. You know, you you went to sleep for a long time, fell way behind and came back and, and won that game. Uh, this game, what keep what kept you from dominating, one was a penalty that, that moved you, that called back a touchdown for... Uh, the opening drive on, I think that's Quinn Bailey. Cause I was like, Oh, that was McGlinchey. I don't, I didn't have their numbers memorized as I'm watching. I was like, Oh, 75 made a great block from right tackle. Um, it was probably a jumbo set. Uh, and then I looked it up. It's like, Oh man, who's that getting beat? I was like, Oh, that's McGlinchey. But he made a great block for a touchdown run and it gets called back, but not scoring touchdowns kept this game a lot closer than it needed to be. And then you ended up in an uncomfortable situation because most teams are going to make a run. It just happens. So the defense collapsed at the end. Man, this NFL, dude, the shutouts are pretty rare. Teams are going to make a run, and it's going to be a one-score game. That's how most of these games go. You made it much more uncomfortable on yourself uh, than you needed to by not finishing off drives. And uh, hopefully they can they can do better on that. But the special teams were good. Defense on the whole was good. Do I want to see more pressure? Yes. Is that going to be a problem against some of the better quarterbacks in the league? Yes. So, but uh, you got to win out of this one. Uh, and I think it was definitely the most uh, complete game. Um, let me scroll down here just a little bit. Tyler coming in. This is door dashing. Listen to Scott on uh, Broncos for breakfast. MHH, I believe that the Broncos win the next two games. They will feel like they can play with anybody. Might give some push, but we'll see. I'm going to grab a cough drop here real quick. Um, you win the next two games, you can play with anybody. These are two AFC heavyweights coming in. I know the the Bills just dropped one, too. You know, and they're, the Bills aren't playing great. That's the thing about the playoffs. The playoffs started tomorrow. Would you want to face the Bills? You know, if... They're four and three, and they're the eighth seed, and we're the number two seed, and we have to play them in the first round, and we're the Miami Dolphins. Would you want to face the Bills right now, or would you want to hopefully move them down? These are still two heavyweights coming up. If you can beat the Chiefs and you can beat the Bills, you don't just think you can feel like you can play with anybody. You can. You you can beat anybody in the league, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be a um, interesting week, one at a time. One at a time. It's been close. Playing the Chiefs close. Got to get over that hump. So we will we will see getting that one at home. Um, I think that's a big help coming up here. Getting able to play that one. You played them tough on the road. Then you get to bring them back home and play them uh, at mile high. Mile high, And then going back on the road against the Bills is going to be a tough order. Uh, that's for sure. Want to say hello to Troy coming in. He says, hey, Scott, missed you. Missed you too, man. Uh, can't listen now, but wanted to support. Love you for it, dude. The meet and greet was great. Hope we can uh, shock the Chiefs and still trade some salaries. Have a great show. Um, 
you don't really need the salaries for this year. It's kind of already accounted for. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be giving these guys away unless there was a addition by subtraction type of thing. Randy Gregory, I don't know this for a fact, so let's just call it an educated guess based on, hey, I pay attention and this is what I do for a living. Randy Gregory was a problem for the Denver Broncos in the locker room, on the field, with effort and attitude. That's not a statement of fact. That is my opinion. You're willing to give him away now. There's no reason to give away Garrett Bowles for you know anything other than decent compensation. Jerry Judy, uh, you know, unless he's a problem, Cortland Sutton, Justin Simmons would be on the trade block again. Uh, he, he could get you a return. Those are big contracts that you can move on from next year. There's no reason to just give those guys away during the season. I'm listening. Hey, my phone's ringing. Make me an offer. No, you know, I'll wait till the off season when I've got a little bit more uh, more options. We're gonna we're gonna try and win some games here, and I have flexibility in the off season with their cap for next year because those are the moves you're making. Any move you're making is for next year, and unless you can make me an offer that entices me that I think I can make my team better next year, then I'll just wait till next year. Hopefully. Hopefully that makes sense, as I just said next year like 40 times in a row. Um, Dylan Van Arks, he coming in here. Uh, says 3-0 when I'm in Denver. Uh, I think we need to put a fund together and move Dylan Van Arks to Denver. Um, talking about plays, I know this one's controversial. This was not a touchdown when PS2 made that play. That was an interception. He had two feet down before the receiver had two feet down. Now, before the rules analyst said that, had you ever heard that before, ever? And when I heard that some people were saying about it, and I've listened to Sean Payton talk about it in the uh, in the press conference, I thought it was an end zone thing. I'm like, okay, maybe the rule's different in the end zone because it's never been about who gets who completes the catch first. It's always been simultaneous possession. And when I saw that play, immediately, just immediately, I was like, okay, touchdown. That's just the way the it, it's been called the thousand times I've seen this in my life. And then he talks about, oh, he catches the ball. Well, okay, to complete the catch, you have to survive the ground. So it's not a catch when your two feet come down because you fell down, right, Calvin Johnson? So to complete the action of catching the ball – you have to survive all the way to the ground or it's not a catch if you fall. What's a catch anymore in the NFL? That's It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so the whole thing is confusing as hell. My immediate reaction based on the other thousand times I've seen this play called was that's a touchdown. Simultaneous possession. They completed the catch on the ground. Touchdown. I don't know where this thing came from. If that's the rule, so be it. But watching that live, I didn't have a problem with the call. Uh, it was. It seemed like the the easy way. I, I didn't have a problem with the call watching that live. Now, if there was clarification on in the end zone, so be it. But again, you still have to complete the call, the, complete the act going to the ground, which would negate whose feet are down first. If I jump up and catch the ball against a seven-footer, comes in and just grabs the ball at the same time, and his feet are on the ground while I'm in the air, you don't give him the catch because he's taller and his feet are on the ground. That's that's ridiculous. 
So that was a strange one. I'm I'm totally confused at this point, and I think the NFL is too, because how many times do we have to say, what the hell is a catch anyway on that note? So I'm glad the controversy ended up a moot point and you won the game, and it didn't end up really mattering on that one. Uh, Pearl Heater has comes in and asks a question. Will any be any trades before the deadline? I think so. I still think so. There will still be some trades before the deadline. Um, but again, it's got to be worth your while for any of your veteran players with big contracts. We're talking uh, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles. Randy Gregory's already gone. He was someone that was going to come off of that deal. Those are the big four off the top of my head. Let me let me look at the uh, the other. DJ Jones is safe. Josie Jewell is a possibility. I just don't know that you're going to have to pay him to go away. Um and there really aren't any big contracts after that. So those would be the big ones where you're looking for. Those guys will probably be on different contracts next year, whether you cut them, restructure, or whatever. Those are guys you would be looking to move. But again, as I just said a few minutes ago, I don't think you can, uh, you're can. you just looking to give those guys away. Um, for sure. Uh, and as Colin says, hey, when in doubt, the call goes against the Broncos on that one. Uh, or the old, we didn't see it, um, on those, uh, and Mark says it came from the rules, uh, rules analyst. I know I, I heard what he had to say. Um, and he didn't clarify that it was called differently than in the end zone versus a catch in the field. So when, when I heard Sean Payton discussing, cause that was the first time I heard anybody discussing it about the feet coming down. Cause I'd never heard that before. I was like, well, Maybe that's an end zone call. I don't know. It was it was strange for me. But again, I watched, uh, you know, the, the other one was, you know, if you've got two feet in, but you're facing inbounds and you're up on your tiptoes, but then your heels come down out of bounds, you're out of bounds. That was new to me also. And then I saw, who's the Rams super rookie? He had the exact same play. Oh, and there, his foot is just toes down as he's facing back towards the quarterback and his heel lands out of bounds. Oh, that's a catch. Call stands. Like I said, it, it shouldn't be this confusing. What the hell is a catch anyway? So the way they've called it forever, I wasn't surprised that it was called a touchdown. Uh, on that note, we're getting close to um, to uh, just getting out of here. We've gone about 38 minutes or so. Uh, Nick will be back tomorrow, and Nick and I will we'll talk a little meet and greet. We haven't actually discussed any football together in over a week, so that will be fun. Um, Lou comes in. He says, at least it'll be stress watching the next couple of games against the Bills and Chiefs. Pros and cons of when we win or lose. I'd rather win, though. Yeah, like I said, you're, you, you listen to the fans, and you can justify, like, okay, well, if we lose, we're in a better position for the draft, and this is a really good draft at the top. But you're still having a trouble. You, you still want your team to win. You still want these guys to do well. And as as Ryan Thompson says, the team looks like they actually wanted to win that game. And that's that's when I will give up on a team is when they look like they don't care. Again, y'all have heard me say it before. You're going to be fans for a lot longer than these guys are going to be Denver Broncos. This is a job for them. They are professionals. You will outlast them. And if they give up out there, they don't deserve your support. If they are still out there playing hard and trying to win games and giving it their best, even if they're outmanned and they don't win, then then you, they deserve your support. If they quit, it's okay to quit on them. And I don't think you've seen that from them for sure. Um, 
on that note, I am going to get out of here. Kevin says, great show. Good banner today in the chat. Well, I appreciate it. We're at about 40 minutes. I think I'm going to get us out of here. So make sure everybody, let me see if I can run through some of these things here real quick. Uh, this was Broncos for breakfast. Make sure you're following us on the Twix machine at uh, the MHH pod is one of them. And the mother account is uh, mile high huddle. Check out the merch. I know there was a bunch of new merch going yesterday at MHHmerch.com. I won't say the last part because I'm an old white guy and it sounds silly to me. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, the, uh, the three places where we look at Facebook, one of them is Mile High Huddle Pod. And then there's also the Mile High Huddle Pod, uh, the daily Denver Broncos coverage. Mile High Huddle, 100,000 strong. And the Mile High Huddle super fans group, Denver Broncos chat. We're also on Instagram at mile underscore, underscore high underscore huddle. Check us out on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've cut these up and put them in audio versions. We go live because we like the interaction and all of those things that we're doing, but we're also on demand. Wherever you get your podcast, leave us a, I can't tell you how much it helps when y'all come in and leave us. Uh, it plays with that algorithm. It gets more people to find Denver Broncos content. Uh, and if you can't do any of those things, which those part, I'm pretty sure you can, Go to Apple Podcasts, leave that, those reviews. It, it is a huge help. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. Thank you to my Super Chat superstar, Snarky user, Michael Renkio, Troy Bohr, Brandon Williams. And look at Michael coming in here at the end to close us out um, with, the, with, the, uh, with the stars. Great show today on Broncos for Breakfast. And uh, Ethan, appreciate you. My eyes are starting to water because my voice is about to go. So I'm going to say goodbye to y'all. I actually might be back tonight with the priests while some of those, uh, some people are still in transit. So I might see y'all tonight with Zach, who was absent yesterday. Uh, if not, I'll see you tomorrow with Nick. Hope y'all have a great day. Enjoy your victory Monday, and I'll see you next time. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.